Welcome to Conversations Live. For more than a decade, we've brought you the best in books, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and current events. When the movers and shakers of the world have something to say to you, they say it to us first. Here's your host, Cyrus Webb. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again. But for a radio audience tuning in here in Mississippi at WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com, we're glad that you all can be with us. Also, tuning in through online affiliates around the world, we're glad that you all could join us as well. I'm excited to welcome to our program today author Tara Shelton Harris. She's celebrating her brand new book called One Summer in Savannah. We want to talk to Tara not only about her own love of writing, but what it's been like for her right now, have her debut available for the world to read, but also the characters she's been able to give us in this new book that they will definitely have people talking as they're looking at their summer reading list for this year. If you guys are just now finding out about Tara's book, we'll let you know how to get your own copy of it and stay connected with her. Tara, thank you again for the time. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Hey, glad to do it. So again, congratulations to you on the early response to One Summer in Savannah. You've lived with these characters for some time. What is it like for you to now to kind of give them to the rest of us? Wow, I love this question because it's it's something that prior to writing a book I never thought about. And, you know, you sit in your office and you write a book, and, and it takes years, you know, sometimes, and then you release it and you give it to the world and then you wait for the response. And the response for Sarah and Jacob in One Summer in Savannah has just been phenomenal. And it's really funny to see how people connect to these characters that essentially, you know, do not exist. And they yeah. form these attachments to them and they just, they bond with them. And, and they're very passionate about it. That's the other thing. They're very passionate about these characters. So it has been a wonderful experience. Yeah. Well, at the time we're having this conversation today, Tara, the book uh, is a, a top 100 bestseller for Amazon. We're, again, we're going to remind our audience how they can be able to get it for themselves. One of the categories that it is a bestseller in is Southern fiction. Of course, both of us being from the South, uh, you know, my, me and myself here in Mississippi on the radio side, we know you have ties also to the South. What has it been like for you to kind of show that, that stories, regardless of where they're set, can be universal? Because I think that's one thing that definitely comes through in one summer in Savannah. Yeah, um, I am not Southern by, by birth. I was born in Chicago. Uh, I live in Alabama because my husband is from here. And I have lived here now longer than I've lived anywhere else. And I love the South. But one of the things as a librarian and as a reader that I've noticed in, in, in books is they don't really write about the South very much. And if it is, it's always this caricature of the South and not actually what is really meant and actually what it's like to live in the South. And I knew that I wanted to kind of evoke, you know, what it's like to really live here. It's a great place to live. And I wanted it to be as true and authentic as possible. And so all of my books uh, will be Southern fiction just because I want to be able to spread, you know, what it's really like to live in the South. Right. And I think that goes to a great connection with the main character in this particular book, and that being Sarah, because I think Sarah is a universal character in many ways, Tara, in that you know she is trying to to deal with life uh, as it has happened to her uh, or has happened around her. How does Sarah initially come to you? Well, uh, Sarah is loosely based on someone that I um, have the very much experience and pleasure of being friends with. 
Sarah is, and this person, there's so many different types of inspiration for one summer in Savannah, but one of the inspirations is uh, someone that's really close to me, told me a story that I never knew, told me something that I never knew, told me that she had conceived a child through sexual assault. And the theme of one summer in Savannah is forgiveness, but she didn't know that I was interested or seeking ideas for a book. And she said the words, she said, and I practice the act of forgiveness every day. And I knew that I wanted to write a book about that. And I wanted to write a book that really challenges readers on the definition of forgiveness and what it truly means to forgive facing, you know, unbelievable, hard, tough circumstances. I'm so glad you mentioned that, and thank you for sharing that, Tara, because it goes to another point that I thought was interesting, because even though Sarah in the book is is moved on in many ways, um, as far as physically um, and what people see outwardly, we're able to see, though, how it, it only takes one situation, right, to be able to bring someone mm-hmm. back and to bring all of that mm-hmm. back. Was that part mm-hmm. of the of the the beautiful challenge, I'll say, when it comes to creating a character like this, someone who is able to try to have a life, um, but also who is still dealing with things that have happened in their life? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sarah moved away after the attack, and she by moving away, she thought that she was getting away from what happened. But then when her father falls. She has to return back home to face her past. And she realizes that she never really moved on from it. She may have moved away from it, but she never actually truly moved on from it. And the beauty that One Summer Savannah takes is you can see from the beginning to the end her whole move toward forgiveness. And it happens very slowly. And just because you relocate does not mean that you have forgotten what happened to you. And I think that's what she thought. And she just went, but faced back in Savannah, you know, here was right in her face again, and she realizes that she couldn't run from it anymore and that she really had to face it. Right. And I think being a mother and and dealing with that and and parents wanting to protect their children um, from, you know, the dangers of the world, but also in Sarah's case, in many cases, from the truth, right? That's the thing. Now, you mentioned, of course, you know, a friend of yours, you know, sharing this experience that they had gone through. So what was it like for you to kind of answer the what-if question for yourself, Tara? Because this book is very, I think, very intimate in the way that it allows us to see how how Sarah's dealing with a lot of different layers, right? I mean, dealing with the challenges mm-hmm. of family, dealing with her own mm-hmm. past, dealing with with being being a parent, but also mm-hmm. trying to move on. What was it like for you to kind of ask yourself, what would I do in these situations? I love this question because it speaks to the second portion of the theme to this book and where the inspiration for One Summer Savannah came from. It stemmed from the 2015 South Carolina church shooting. You know, when days after that tragic event, the survivors and their family members, they walked into that courthouse and they forgave the shooter. And I remember thinking, wow, I don't know anything about forgiveness because, like most people, I assumed that there were crimes and acts and behaviors that was just unforgivable. But they taught me opposite of that. They taught me that you can forgive anything. And I knew then that I wanted to write a book that really challenges readers on a definition of forgiveness, the way my definition of forgiveness was challenged. And that's what I want for One Summer in Savannah. 
It may seem like a very heavy topic, but what I really want readers to pull from it is what would you do? And even if you don't make the same choices and decisions that Sarah makes, but to understand how she arrived there, just the same as I discovered how the survivors of the South Carolina church shooting, how they arrived at their place of forgiveness. I think the idea of forgiveness, even as your friend mentioned, is something that comes up a lot, I think, for all of us. I want to say for those who are just tuning in, either on the radio side or online, you're listening to Conversations Live. We're excited to welcome Tara Shelton Harris to our broadcast today. Tara celebrating her brand-new book, already an Amazon bestseller, called One Summer in Savannah. I'm going to remind you how you can stay connected with Tara and, of course, keep up with everything going on with the book. So I want to talk about the idea of love uh, because – and I'll talk around this um, – uh, Tara, so I don't spoil anything, but there is a, an idea of of the past coming back in many ways, and those who are also dealing with their own past and struggle with the past and trying to figure out where they belong. I thought that was an interesting intersection in this book because even though we will empathize a lot with Sarah and connect with her, Sarah wasn't the only one that was going through things that had to deal with the past, had to deal uh, with life as well. So talk to us about that. What was it like for you to construct Jacob and Jacob's backstory and what he's been contending with? Yeah, uh, I love the character Jacob just because when I first started writing One Summer in Savannah, Jacob wasn't going to have his own POV. It was always Sarah's story to tell. And Jacob was going to appear and be in the book but not have his own voice. And I, the more and more I started to write, I discovered that there's another whole side of this story that's missing. And wouldn't it be nice to be able to see the other side? You know, Jacob has a couple of lines in here when he talks about no one ever asks about or thinks about the criminal's family. And when, when someone that they love commit an act, what happens to them? And that they get sentenced to prison and they get sentenced right along with them, you know, even though they didn't do anything and they're guilty by association. And so I realized that I think this story would be so much better if we had a Jacob POV. But what is unique about Jacob is he's no fan of his family. You know, he also moved away after the attack. He was embarrassed. Uh, He didn't know his brother anymore. He was very disappointed and upset about how his mother treated Sarah during the trial. And so he comes back home to put together his family back and, you know, put it all back together again and try to understand, you know, this act and how it just destroyed all these lives. And he has his own forgiveness to dole out too. And I realized that in really searching when I had that sinking feeling that something was missing. And I realized, you know, Sarah's not the only one that has forgiveness that he needs to seek and to ask for. And so that's where Jacob comes in at. But he also really just enhances Sarah's story because he's able to explain to Sarah and help her move toward forgiveness and explain and tell her things that she never knew and she never understood. You know, a lot of times when things happen to us, we never know why. You know, and for a lot of people, they need that why for that closure. And Jacob was able to give her the closure that she needed. Tara, how much of this also was a humanity story? And what I mean by that is this book is, even though there are people who may, on the outside, once again, may look like they're from different areas, different, you know, social classes, you know, different, you know, different upbringings, that really all of them are, are broken people. Uh, mm-hmm. trying to to make the most of what has happened and what is happening. Was that something you knew mm-hmm. going in, that regardless of how people on the outside look at their status or their place in the world, that these were all people really on, on the same playing field when it came to dealing with life happening mm-hmm. to them? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's the biggest thing I think that we're facing in this world is it may seem that we're separated by all these different things, by race, by social classes, but we're not that different from one another. You know, we all we, we all have feelings. We all have forgiveness that we need to give out. We've all been hurt before. And that's the underlining thing of that. And Sarah and Jacob are drawn together because they're not that different from one another. This one thing, this one attack bonded the both of them, and they come from two completely different backgrounds. And so it doesn't matter what happens to you. You know, that's the biggest theme of this story is I want people to understand that this could happen to anyone, but also they can reach a place of forgiveness despite of the different backgrounds. And I want people to really understand that forgiveness is not for the person that committed the act. The forgiveness is for it's about healing the person that gives it. And it doesn't absolve anybody of any wrongdoings in any way. It's just about accepting that this thing happened and you're trying to move on from it. And I think in society sometimes we are quick to judge, just as I judged the South Carolina church shooting victims and said, no way, you know, I would never do anything like that. And I had already decided that you know, forgiveness wasn't something that I would do in that particular case. And we're so quick today to judge and to say, oh, I would never forgive someone like that. And then we tend to believe that. We tend to say, you know what, or maybe that's how I should feel because society tells us that we shouldn't forgive. Society tells us how we're supposed to feel. And so what I really want people when they read One Summer in Savannah is not to let someone tell you how to feel that you feel this way on all on your own and that you read this book and you decide whether or not that's something that you want to do. And if it's not the same decision that Sarah makes, then that's, that's okay. That's, I think, the biggest issue that we have is that we, we have these quick takes, right? We'll be like, nope, we're not going to do that. And then everybody's supposed to agree. And then when someone doesn't agree, it's you feel like you're the outlier. It's okay to be a, the outlier, but you have to do what's best for you. Mental health is a true, true issue that we're having in this country. And I think sometimes forgiveness and and finding our own place is something that we can do to help heal that. Such a great point and such a great reminder, I think, even as we are reading a book that is fiction uh, and can be entertaining, but also, I think, very reflective as well. So I have to ask you a difficult question here, uh, Tara. Mm -hmm. Now the book is out. It is your debut novel. We hear a lot of times that authors write what you know. Was there a thought of how, how readers would try to find Tara in this book? Absolutely. And the people that know me can quickly identify where Tara is in this book. Tara is in the poetry. Uh, Hosea, um, Sarah's father, he speaks only in poetry. And that is because my grandfather, when I was young, suffered a stroke and lost his ability to speak. But we were able to understand him through gestures and, and sounds that he made. And so I knew I wanted to incorporate you know, that into the book somehow. And I'm an English major. I have several English degrees, and I've been studying poetry since I was young. And I thought, well, instead of having him not be completely mute, why not have him incorporate, why not incorporate poetry into his speech? And so I found a way to stick my poetry in there by also um, honoring my grandfather. Gotcha. So what has this part of it been like for you now? I mean, the writing part I hear also can be the isolating part. Now, of course, the book is out. You're having conversations like this. You're hearing from readers. What has this part of the experience been like for you, Tara? It's been great. You know, I, I, 
I didn't know quite how to feel. Of course, this is my debut novel, so this is all new for me. But I am very much enjoying people's reaction to the book. It has been overwhelmingly positive, which I'm very happy for. It is, I do want to mention, the Target July book club pick. And so it's, it's, it's in Target and my friends and family and even people that I don't know are walking into Target and they're taking pictures and they're, they're sharing them with me. And it's just been such a positive um, experience for me because, you know, you sit, like I said earlier, you sit and you write a book and you, you don't know and you release it to the world and you don't know how it's going to be received. But to see people reacting to it in such positive ways has been such a great experience for me. All right, and there our audience can get it for themselves. Again, everyone, Tara Shelton Harris has been our guest. One Summer in Savannah is out now. Of course, you can get it, as I mentioned, to our friends at Amazon.com. As you hear, Tara mentions also, if you guys are in Target, you can pick it up there as well or your favorite local bookstore. If they don't have it, I know they'd be more than happy to order it for you. Tara, great conversation with you today. How can our audience stay connected with you? Yes, I am online under my name, www.tarasharris.com. So definitely invite our audience to stay connected there. Tara, again, congratulations to you and looking forward to our next chat together. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Uh, The pleasure is definitely all mine, and we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webb, saying as always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live, and let's go make today amazing. Take care. With Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.